We are in spring training, a message series called Spring Training. And about a month ago, uh, 30 major league baseball teams reported to different uh, locations and different sites uh, in the southern parts of the state where the weather is warmer than it is here. Uh, in, uh, in the great southwest in the Phoenix area and down in portions of Florida. And, um, and they began spring training. And their season for all 30 of those teams will begin this week. They actually all began playing uh, and starting their season on Thursday of this week. So at the beginning of March, we also began a series called spring training. And kind of like those uh, teams that began in February getting ready for their season, we're, we're reminding ourselves of why we're here, what our goal is. And as those teams kick off their season on Thursday, they all have one overriding goal in mind. They want to win the World Series, right? They want to win the World Series, as you know, especially if you're a Cardinal fan, because it's been a while. Um, so, <laughs> so they want to win the World Series, and they go to spring training in order to prepare to accomplish that goal. And they go back and they go over some very basic and fundamental things that are essential in mastering and being prepared for in order that you have a chance to accomplish your goal. Well, we want to accomplish our goal here. At Orchardville Church, we want to make sure that we are ready to accomplish the goal that God has given us for this season and the season after that and the season after that, because see, for Major League Baseball teams, the goal doesn't change. It's always to win the World Series. And for the goal of the Church of Jesus Christ, the goal of Orchardville Church, the goal is to fulfill the great commandment of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself by living out the Great Commission. We accomplish the great commandment by living out the great commission. When Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, teaching them all the things that I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we go out and we win the lost because you can't disciple someone, you can't train them up in the things that Jesus has taught us until we win them, amen? So that's what we talked about last week. We reminded ourselves that like every team, their goal is to win the World Series. Our goal is to win the lost. It starts there. Then we bring them in and we teach them. We train them up into the things of God. And then we teach them how to serve others. So we call that reach, teach, and serve here at Orchardville Church. And so our very first building block, our essential for accomplishing what God has told us to do is making sure that we understand what that is. See, if we don't know what we're playing for, we're not going to accomplish it. 
But if we know what we're playing for, then we can prepare what we need to do in order to accomplish that goal. So our goal, as we talked about last week, is to fulfill the great commandment by living out the great commission. Now, as you understand what your goals are, you realize there are some things that you've got to do in order to be ready to accomplish that. And today, we're going to dive into a few of those things, two of them to be specific. We're going to talk about teamwork and discipline. And we're going to start this morning with the idea of teamwork. So before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the gift of this day. God, you didn't have to allow us to wake up today, but you did. And because you did, that means that we have, we have a purpose for the day. We have a reason for being here. And so, Lord, I pray that you will open our hearts. God, help us to not carry anything with us right now that would interfere with receiving of your word. God, may our, may our ears be focused intently to hear what you would have us to hear. And God, that our eyes would be open to see what you would have us to see. And that, Lord, as we hear and see, that we will be changed by the, the teaching and the instruction of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So back during the first week of spring training, I stood up here and I began to eat uh, a donut. How many of you remember that? And uh, I had to stop for a little bit because I wanted to enjoy that donut. I decided it wouldn't be appropriate for me to eat the whole thing while all of you are watching, but I did take a little bit of a bite. And I began to talk about how when I began to eat, there are all sorts of different parts of my body that are incredibly different from each other, but they begin to work together in order to accomplish the processing of that food to provide energy that my body needs to do the everything that I need to do. So you've got all these crazy different parts that are working together for the good of the entire body. Well, that is part of my goal and my mission as the head coach and the pastor of this church is to help us learn how to work together as one for the benefit of the whole, amen? Now, the Apostle Paul talked about this, and he wrote about it in a couple of different places. And by the way, all of our scriptures are going to put on the screen for you today. I invite you to turn to them, but I'm going to put all of them on the screen for you this morning. I don't always do that, but I will today. And we're going to look at this passage from Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. And I'm going to be reading this passage this morning from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Paul says, beginning in verse four, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And so if God has given you the ability to prophesy or to preach, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, then teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, 
take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. You know what Paul is saying here is that, hey, I want you to understand that when you think about your body, you've got all of these crazy different parts of your body that all function together for the good of the whole. And you need to understand that the same thing is true of Christ's body, the church. The church, just like your physical body, is made up of a whole bunch of crazy different parts. How many of you know that there's a bunch of crazy different parts in here? Look at the person beside you and say, you're a crazy different part. This is your chance, it's your chance. <laughs> and Paul, Paul is saying that no matter what gift you have and no matter how different it may be from everybody else's, whatever ability he's given you to do and to accomplish within the context of the church, then do that and do it to the absolute best of your ability. Now, we're talking about spring training and we're using baseball as a metaphor. So let me just use baseball as a chance to maybe illustrate this a little bit about all these different parts working together to accomplish something for the good of the whole. So let's say that, uh, that the pitcher is, uh, is on the mound. He's a great pitcher. Everybody thinks, man, this guy is the best thing since sliced bread. He, he, never, he never messes up. He never throws a bad ball. And... Uh, Somebody is on first base. They got on with an error because the pitcher doesn't make any mistakes. Uh, but he throws a bad shot. He throws a bad, 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 uh, bad pitch. All right? And so the ball is driven into the, the power alley in left center. All right? And it's going to go all the way to the wall. All right? Now, let's, let's say that that runner on first base has got some speed. Now, if the guy in left field or center field, whichever one is closer to the ball, is running to the warning track, going back to the wall to grab the ball, if he thinks he's the best thing going on that team, and now he's a little mad at the pitcher because the pitcher made him have to chase the ball, and he doesn't trust anybody else to perform to their ability, if he thinks, I'm going to run this ball all the way in from the wall, all the way to home plate, and I'm going to tag that guy out at home plate. What do you think the chances are he's going to beat that guy to home plate? Zero. It's not going to happen. And so here's a guy playing out in the field, way, way different than the pitcher, but now he's gonna have to count on a whole bunch of other things to happen if they don't want that guy to score. And if you're in the field, you don't want the guy to score. So as he runs back here to the track and grabs the ball, somebody else 
needs to tell him where a relay man is. There's a guy somewhere in the infield or maybe one of the outfielders going to run and he's going to position himself between that guy in the outfield and home plate. And he's got to understand what kind of arm that guy has got. And he's got to understand what kind of arm he's got because he wants to be close enough that he can catch a ball from that outfielder without it bouncing because when it bounces, it takes more time. And then he's got to catch that ball. He's got to turn around and he's got to throw it to home plate. He's got to be close enough that he can throw the ball without bouncing it because bouncing takes more time. That gives the guy more of a chance to score. And while he's doing that, the pitcher who threw that bad pitch in the first place, now he's got to run around behind the catcher just in case that ball gets by the catcher because if it gets by the catcher, then the guy that hit the ball in the first place, now he's going to be running around the rest of the bases getting closer to scoring himself. Meanwhile, the rest of the guys who are out of position, now they have to run and, and cover these other bases in case the ball ball gets by and the other guy is running. Good job, babe. <laughs> all of that, all of that has to work together for the good of the whole. They're all counting on each other, even though they're all doing and playing completely different positions. And if they don't learn to trust each other, if they don't learn to count on each other, if they don't learn how to listen to each other and operate as a team, that guy is going to score. Now, honestly, I think this is one of those hard things for, for a lot of people in churches to wrap their arms around. Because we live in an American culture where everybody wants to be the pitcher. Everybody wants to be the quarterback of, of the football team. Everybody sees the high profile, noticeable, see me positions. And that's what they want to be. And if they can't be that, then they don't want to do anything. And there, you've seen this in Little League. You've seen this in high school teams. You get guys, maybe in Little League, they, they were pitcher because their dad was the coach. I'm not, I'm not you know, trying to point anybody out here or saying that should never happen. Sometimes the kid is the best pitcher, happens to be the coach's kid. But sometimes the coach lets his kid play positions he, he shouldn't. And then he gets up to another level and his dad ain't the coach anymore. And, his dad, and the coach says, son, you ain't playing that. And you know what he does? I quit. Why? Because we have this attitude in, the, in America and in our culture that if I can't be that big guy, if I can't have that position, I don't want to do anything at all. And you know what? That moves right into the church as well because we're influenced by the outside culture instead of us influencing the culture. So let me show you what that looks like within the context of the church, okay? All right, so I'm gonna ask a few people to come up here in just a second. <clears throat> but first, pull this back a little bit. 
Okay, we should be good now. All right, so teamwork. Teamwork's incredibly important, not only on the baseball team, but it is incredibly important in the body of Christ in the church. So let's just talk about the Sunday service. There's so many other things that can happen. Let's just talk about the Sunday service. All right, the most visible position in the Sunday service is obviously the preacher. All right, so let's say that I am this, these chairs represent the Sunday service. And this, this looks like a lot of you would like to be doing right now. <laughs> this don't feel that bad, really. Uh, might just preach from here. Uh, all right, but let's say these chairs represent the Sunday service. And our job, our goal is to, is to lift the service. Right, is to, is to lift the service, lift the Lord, let the Lord be seen by lifting this service. All right? So the main, the, the highest profile person on the team in the church is the preacher. Can the preacher lift the Sunday service by himself? Let's see. By the way, if these chairs rise up by themselves, then the service is dismissed. All right, here we go. I feel like I'm in a Snickers commercial. Okay, all right, the preacher cannot lift the Sunday service by himself, right? Can't do it. All right, so, so what else does the preacher need? Well, the next highest profile is probably the, the worship person. All right, so Carlin, Carlin, come on up here. All right, so... Maybe, maybe being, being either the preacher or, or the worship person, maybe that's all you need to, to lift the service. All right, so Carlin, let's lift the service, brother. Here we go. Anytime. Okay, that's not working. <laughs> and you, and you, you messed up my, my mojo there, man. It <laughs> felt a lot better before you started messing with it. <laughs> All right, so the preacher and the worship guy, they can't lift the service. Well, what about, what about the youth guy? Because we got high-profile youth. Well, they're not all that high-profile this morning because they're, they're playing, you know, hooky in uh, Branson at, at a youth conference. But we're going to have a stand-in for the youth guy. So, Dylan, come up here. Dylan is going to be the stand-in for the youth guy, which is probably the next highest-profile person uh, in, in the church right now. <clears throat> so let's see, can we lift the service with the preacher, the worship guy, and, and the, and the uh, youth guy? All right, so here we go. Man, you guys are not, y'all, y'all are not good. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable now. <laughs> okay, so that ain't working. All right, so what, what about, uh, let's see, how about a security person? All right, so Marvin, we, we need security. All right, so, so now we've got the preacher, we've got the worship guy, we've got the youth guy, we've got the security guy. So can, can we lift the service together? All right, so... 
kind of, but that is really, that's scary. That's a little scary. Yeah, you, you made me nervous. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's not really what we're looking for either. All right, so let's, let's add an usher. Uh, so Dan is, is, uh, was going to do this, but Dan might not be in here this morning. So who's going to stand in for Dan Gill? There was somebody who was going to do that. Uh, here we go. All right. So that per, all right. And then, uh, come on down. And, uh, then Derek Trout for our, he works in children's ministry, OC kids. And, uh, then I had, uh, one other per, who, who else? Oh, uh, for Sunday sink. Needed a teacher. So Kelly, Kelly Colclasier, come up here. <clears throat> All right, so now the preacher can't lift the Sunday service on his own. The preacher and the worship guy can't lift the service on. The preacher, the worship guy, the youth guy together can't lift it on his own. Add security, we still can't do it. But now we add OC kids, we add ushers, uh, we add uh, Sunday sync teachers. Let's see what we can do. All right, so don't kill me. My life is in your hands. All right, so can we lift the service like this? All right, so now, now, now I want to minister to those people over there. So let's go over there. I could get used to this. I'm going to preach like this every week. All right. All right, now you guys can set me down. All right, so they could lift the service, which was great. But now if we want to move the service, they got to work together, not only to lift it, but to move it. Amen? It takes everybody working together, all the different parts and pieces, to lift what happens here on Sunday morning and make it move, to make it work. And not everybody can fill the same role. Not everybody can do the same thing. And guess what? It doesn't need to be the same thing. It doesn't need to be the same role because if it was, we couldn't lift it. And so we need all the parts, as Paul wrote, that are magnificently and crazy different to be fulfilling the role that God has given them to do in order to benefit the whole. Amen? All right. So guys, you can put these back for me. <clears throat> put them back by the wall, <clears throat> and uh, Dylan is going to go back to the tech booth because I pulled him off a of PowerPoint. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> See, when, when we talk about sports, when we talk about sports, we, we inherently understand that everybody has a different role to play and that they all have to work together in order to accomplish the benefit of the whole. But when we come to church, we often have a very, very different attitude, but it is exactly the same. And that means that sometimes people are gonna have to do something that's not as high profile, it's not as glorious, it's not as noticeable, nobody's gonna give you a pat on the back because they didn't see you do it, but in doing what God has given you the ability to do, whether it's seen or not, that makes the whole thing work. Now, some of you have noticed, but many of you haven't. Back at the end of last year, 
or before the end of last year, but during the fall, we did a series of messages on Nehemiah. And, and the focus of Nehemiah was on build, rebuilding the wall. And we began to build a wall together. We, we put rocks on the seats. Fortunately, I didn't get stoned the entire series. That was a blessing. I, I, people threatened every week, but I did not get hit with any flying rocks, and that was a beautiful thing. But we ask you every week to come and drop your rock into, into one of these walls. How many of you have noticed that that wall that was built by all of us together is now permanent? Some of you did, a lot of you didn't. And you know how this happened? Okay, we've, we've, got a, we've got a guy on staff who does tremendous work, Mark Miller. But Mark has his hands full, literally. And so this was a lot, this was a heavy lift for Mark. I mean, and not lifting, but it was a lot to get done in, in light of all the other things that Mark had to do. You know how this got done? Because Marvin Manahan came when nobody was looking, and Marvin worked with Mark to turn this into a permanent wall. And I think it's, it looks awesome. Amen? So you brought all those rocks up, and you put them in that wall, but then we had people working behind the scenes that nobody ever saw, nobody ever said anything to, but they turned it into something permanent and something beautiful. That's how the body of Christ works. So let's talk a little bit about discipline. The definition of discipline, as you see on the screen there, couple of different definitions. Dif discipline is training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior, especially training that produces uh, moral or mental improvement. Another definition is to uh, train by instruction and practice. Now, during spring training, these professional ball players, they will practice and rehearse drills and skills over and over and over and over again till they get sick of them. Why, because they don't know how to do them? No, of course they know how to do them. That's how they got into the Major League Baseball in the first place. They do them because they are reminding themselves that this is what it takes to accomplish our overriding goal. And in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a pressure situation, they don't have to think about what they're doing. They respond out of instinct because they train themselves, they discipline themselves how to do it before it was necessary. The Apostle Paul said that each one of us needs to view ourselves very much like that, like an athlete in training. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, Paul said, so I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I'm not like a boxer who misses his punches. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do 
what it should. Listen, church, being a Christ follower is not a lazy man's dream. See, we've been selling Christianity for a long time, like, okay, get saved, give your heart and life to Jesus, and then it's all good. Well, that's the beginning. It ain't the end. The starting line is saying yes to Jesus. It is crossing that line of faith. But we have to push ourselves and we have to push each other and call each other to more than we thought was possible. You know why? Because we have a much higher purpose than winning just the World Series. Listen, church, there's probably not a guy in here who wouldn't love, who wouldn't give significant something of of value in their life to actually be on a world championship, world series winning major league baseball team. That would be so awesome. But you know what? Our goal as a church, our goal, our mission as believers is way bigger than winning a world series. Do you understand that? You think winning a World Series is big stuff? It is nothing compared to what God has called us to because see, our goal, our mission is changing lives forever. It is not a trophy that will get old, tarnish, get dust on it and disappear or be sold in a pawn shop when money runs out. It is changed lives changed hearts and somewhere along the way as believers and followers of Jesus Christ then we have to make a commitment to learning more about our faith and developing the skills to live it out now let me let me just be real frank here there's nobody in this church this morning that is in a position of importance in where you work or a, a skill of life There's none of you here this morning that got there totally by accident. Where you just woke up one day and all of a sudden you had this incredible position, you had this incredible opportunity, somewhere along the way you made the commitment necessary to begin moving in that direction by learning what you needed to do, doing the things that you needed to do in order to get there. It took commitment, it took some sacrifice, it took discipline to do what needed to be done in order to take you where you wanted to go. Am I right? Christ calls us to do the exact same thing in our walk with him. That's discipline. And it ain't always pleasant. It ain't always easy, but it is absolutely necessary. Luke chapter nine, verse 23, Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, we're, we're in this big training thing now. Everybody likes to be physically fit, which is a wonderful thing. One, one, of, the, one of the great uh, training uh, opportunities that are, exist out there is something called cross training. Church, you know what? This is the original cross training. And it's the one that is more important than any of the other ones. Cross training with Jesus. If anybody wants to follow me, let him take up his cross daily 
and come after me. Listen, for an athlete who wins an Olympic gold medal or a marathoner, do you think that it feels good every morning, spring, summer, fall, and winter, do you think it feels good every day to get out of bed at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning and go out and do all that stuff when nobody else is looking? Do you think that feels good every day? Not a chance. It does not, but you know what does feel good? It's winning that gold medal. It's coming into that stadium at the end of the marathon when everybody is standing and cheering because you, you accomplished something that seems so hard because anybody wants to run 26 miles, they've just lost their mind. That's just the truth of it. That's what we have cars for. But if you want to experience the joy, if you want to experience the pleasantness of the outcome that seems so appealing to you, you must make the, the, the work that goes into getting you there. You must exercise the self-discipline to help you get there by doing what you don't naturally want to do. Roger Staubach, I shared this a few weeks ago, Roger Staubach the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, he said, spectacular achievement is always, always preceded by unspectacular preparation. You want spectacular achievement? Then you better be willing to put in unspectacular preparation. That reminded me of a saying that many of you have heard before, is that the dictionary is the only place where success comes before work. You might have to think about that one for a second. The dictionary is the only place where success comes before work because if you want success, you got to be willing to do the work. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. The writer of Hebrews said, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. And this is one of the things I love about the Bible. It just tells the truth. No discipline's enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. It hurts. But afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. If you want to be a professional athlete at the top of your game, then you must discipline yourself to do what it takes to get there. Now, some of you, this will be news to others of you are totally aware of this because you, you love sports and you follow sports. But there have been, there have been three contracts signed within the last couple of weeks in Major League Baseball that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Manny Machado signed a contract just within the last two weeks for $300 million. Bryce Harper signed a contract within the last couple of weeks for $330 million. Derek Trout signed a contract for $430 million. I'm sorry, wait, that's, that's Mike Trout. Wait, uh, Derek, did you sign that contract? We should have a great tie this week. We're holding you to it, brother. Are y'all related? You should be. <laughs> $430 million. 
That's three contracts, 300, 330, and 430. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, do you think that they just woke up one day and some owner of a major league baseball team came up to them and said, I have no idea who you are, but I really dig you. I think you're a cool guy and I would love you to play for our baseball team and I'll give you several hundred million dollars to do that. Do you think that happened? No, of course it didn't happen. Let me tell you what else didn't happen either. All of those days, all of those weeks, all of those months, all those years that led up to this, way back when, when they first began to do this, that didn't pay anything either. That didn't just, that didn't, didn't result in a $100 million contract. But you know what it did? It set them on the path to practice the discipline necessary to ultimately wind up with a several hundred million dollar contract. It didn't happen all at once. It happened based on years and years and years of self-discipline. Romans chapter eight, verse 18. Paul said, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So the apostle Paul thought that whatever price that he had to pay in order to be on God's team and in order to accomplish God's goals, it was going to be worth far more in the long run than the price that he would have to pay right now. See, some of you here this morning would desperately like to see a change in your life. Some of you here this morning would desperately like to see a change in your marriage. A change in your family. A change in your situation as a whole. A change in your finances. A change in your peace of mind. A change in your ability to lay down in bed at night and go to sleep because you're at peace with God and peace with the world. Some of you here this morning would desperately love a change of some sort in your life. You have a preferred future in your mind of what you would like to see in your life, but you have not been willing to pay the price of the discipline necessary in order to get there. And so you just keep kind of wandering through day after day after day, thinking about what it, would, how, what it would be like, how awesome it would be if this would change, if that would change, if the other thing would change. And yet day after day after day, you are not willing to do what is necessary for that change to come. So that change does not come without the discipline and the work. So you can, you can pray for it in your life. But God says, well, you know what? I'll bless you if. Do you know so many of God's promises? Well, I'll do this if. I'll do this if. So many times he would ask, he would ask the people that were following him, 
hey, here's what I'm going to do. But first, I want you to step into the water. First, I want you to step out of the boat. First, I want you to take a step of faith. First, I want you to do what's necessary to show that you're going to trust me. God is not a genie in a bottle. We don't rub the lamp and say, Lord, give me what I want. God says, well, I love you. Okay, so I'll give you whatever you're asking for. No, God says, take a step. Exercise the discipline. You might have to be willing to discipline yourself to give up an hour of sleep to spend some time with the Lord so you can hear from Him and you can speak to Him. You might have to be willing to discipline yourself to give up some of your entertainment so that you can be at the church when training is offered that makes a change in your life. You might have to be disciplined enough to get your family up an hour earlier than you would like to on a Sunday morning so that you can get here for Sunday sync and interact with brothers and sisters in Christ where iron sharpens irons, where your love don't pray for, and you get to talk about your faith and grow. And see, what happens for a lot of people is to go, well, you know, I can, I'll, I'll do that once or twice. That's not discipline. That's, that's taking a shot. That's kind of rolling the dice. That's testing the water. Well, you know what? I'll get up once or twice and maybe God will hear me and he'll answer my prayer. Maybe I'll come to Sunday sink once. I'll get up an extra hour early on a Sunday morning. I'll get my family there. But it, nothing big happened. And so, well, God didn't show up. God said, no, I will show up, but you need to show up first. get wherever it is that you need to go this morning to get to that preferred future it starts with a choice it starts with a decision and a lot of you here this morning you need to make a new choice you need to make a new decision some of you need to make a decision to invite Jesus Christ into your life You've been running from him, waiting for something to change, and it doesn't. It's because you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never humbled yourself, bowed your heart, and bowed your knee and said, Lord, save me. I'm a sinner. I need your grace. The future that you want, it starts with saying yes to Jesus. Today can be your day. should be your day. Some of you want God to make some changes in your life, but you haven't been disciplined enough to, to do the work to get there. I ask everybody to stand. Father, we're your church. These are your people. God, we're on the verge of the start of our season. Easter is so close. God, people are ready to, to hear. People are ready to, to see what kind of a team that we will be. God, I pray that every person here this morning will be willing to make whatever decision that they need to, whether it's serving in a way that it, it, it makes the team come together or God, exercising the discipline for a preferred future, doing the work necessary. God, whatever it is, 
And if anyone here this morning needs Jesus, would you let today be the day of salvation? God, we give this time to you in your name, we pray. Amen.